1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: He's a former NFL QB, a former Dallas QB himself. Babe Laufenberg is one half of the Dallas Cowboys radio network, along with Brad Sham. I really enjoy listening to them coming off the game against the Eagles where they have a couple of opportunities to change the outcome. Uh, And you know what? They've started out with some really impressive wins, babe. Uh, But the Cowboys have also tripped up in some of the more critical matchups. How would you describe where they are at this point in the season?
3: Well, Bill Parcells, former Cowboys coach, used to always say, you are what your record says you are. So they are five and three. Uh And it has been a crazy year in terms of i mean they have blown teams out starting with the giants in the opener mm-hmm. they, they went 40 to nothing there they give bill belichick his worst loss of his career <laughs> and and then they get beat by arizona so it's uh, it, arizona's only win but uh it, it's just the way of the nfl you know and uh hey they played philadelphia i, I don't want to say tough and i i there are no moral victories. We all understand all that. But if you had told me at the beginning of that game, they're going to go up to Philadelphia and they're going to have the ball first and five at the six yard line, 27 seconds. And they got four shots into the end zone from the six yard line. I I would have said, Oh, I think they'll take that. Yeah. Any cowboy fan would take that. And the problem was they ended up first and, First and five at the six, and they ended up uh, throwing trying to throw it in the end zone from the 27 because they had two penalties in the sack. (laughs) So they didn't get it done, but uh, I'll be honest with you, Amy, I'm already looking forward to the rematch. December 10th, (laughs) Philly comes to AT&T Stadium, and uh, it's just going to be a heck of a game. And after that game on Sunday with Philly, uh, I said to Brad Sham, my broadcast partner, I said, you know, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, and you just sat down to watch a football game, You'd say, boy, that was that was a fun, entertaining mm-hmm. physical football game. Obviously I live in Dallas and all the people here had a dog in the fight, so they're not real happy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Going back to the loss in San Francisco, so the forty two to ten, how much would you say they improved, or how much would you say they're a different team now than that one that got blown out?
3: I wouldn't say they're a different team, but I think there's there's no question they've improved and I think that probably goes to every team in the nfl um obviously injuries are going to take their toll so you may not be as good because you've lost people but um i think with every successive week you get more comfortable in what you're doing mike mccarthy obviously the play caller here now kellen moore has been the play caller for the three years before that um with mccarthy here so there's there's a little learning process on the the offense it hasn't changed dramatically but it's definitely changed so I think they're all still getting their feet wet with there you obviously have new players every year Brandon Cook's at it and he hasn't really assimilated him into the offense to the extent that I thought he would be Um, so the the season as you well know (laughs) it's a long season Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, my good friend Jason Garrett former Cowboys head coach used to always say and probably still does the history of the NFL is written week to week.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And it's just so true because the Cowboys, you know, as you mentioned, they get blown out by San Francisco 42 to 10. And then San Francisco clearly the cream of the NFC until they lose three straight games. Right. So, you know, at the end of the season, they're going to say, okay, how many did you win? How many did you lose? Okay. You, 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 and you are in <laughs> and the other, the other guys are out. So we'll see what happens when the playoffs roll around.
2: Well, if it makes Cowboys fans feel any better, Josh Dobbs led a comeback against the Falcons on the road after he'd been with the Vikings for all of 10 minutes. So at least they lost respectably to Josh Dobbs in Arizona. Uh,
3: <laughs> uh, I love that. I love these stories where guys get in. And Now, the the one thing that has changed and allows these guys to come in and play two, three days later, trust me, I'm not saying it's easy, but... The, the speaker in the helmet, that coach is sitting there giving you the play, telling mm. you what to look for, <laughs> check this if you don't get this look. Eat. So that that's just such a huge advantage to what it was. I think 1994 was the first year they brought in the the speaker in the quarterback's helmet where the coach could communicate directly with them. But half the problem is just getting the play called, literally called. And uh, if you've watched any, and I know you have, any of the behind-the-scenes, the hard knocks of this, Yes, the quarterback thing they did on Netflix. The play calls are so complicated. Yes, that was, that's almost like the hardest part for these quarterbacks that are assimilating into a new offense. that, you know, guys that just got there for a week is literally getting the play called. So having that coach with the you know walkie-talkie and into your headset is you just can't you cannot imagine how much easier that's making it for these guys. Again, not to say it's easy, mm-hmm. but easier.
2: Babe Loffenberg is part of the Dallas Cowboys radio network along with Brad Sham. I always enjoy listening to them and did that for Cowboys Eagles. So we're glad to have him with us here after our CBS sports radio. Have they always been this complicated? The play calls? I would have a hard time remembering the various iterations. <laughs> Forget actually spitting it out
3: in a huddle. They, I think they have gotten more complicated and the quarterback is doing more at the line of scrimmage. Now I, I think than ever before. Um, I remember, shoot, I mean, we're going way back, but my rookie year, I felt like I had achieved something if I was able to just get into the huddle in training camp and call the play <laughs> with with the shifts and the motion. I started in Washington, and in Washington with Joe Gibbs, you, you always had two shifts and then a motion. So it would be shift to this formation, shift to that formation, then you'd motion the guy, and then you'd have to call the play. And, uh, again, it was like... Oh, if you broke the huddle and called the play, I felt like, okay, you know, first down. Then <laughs> you had to actually run the play. But, uh, yeah, they, they put a lot more on the quarterback today, that's for sure.
2: Thinking of the new wrinkle in the relationship between Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, you mentioned that they're still working that out. But how do you like it? How do you like a head coach and a quarterback working directly when it comes to
3: what we see on the field offensively? You know, I think it can be good and bad. It certainly takes away from the head coach being the head coach, right, of managing the game and the decisions and things of that nature. But um, I'll say this. If, if you're going to get fired, not saying that Mike McCarthy's going to get fired, but you you want to oh, go don't down. don't start rumors, babe. Oh, my no, goodness. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying you don't want to get fired because your offensive coordinator or your defensive coordinator didn't do what you wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And – uh and, they're, they're, hey, everybody's been successful different ways. Bill Walsh called the plays in San Francisco. Uh, you know, Nick Sirianni does not call the plays in Philadelphia, and he's had two different offensive coordinators come in now. So there, there are different ways to do it, and I think it's really just how you feel most comfortable. Uh, I will say with Mike McCarthy calling the plays this year, even though probably 70 to 80% of the terminology is the same as what Kellen Moore used, Um, I always feel that that play caller and the quarterback is like a pitcher and a catcher, right? Where that catcher flashes a sign and the pitcher says, boy, I mean, he's thinking the exact same thing. And there's that simpatico, right? Of (laughs) This real rhythm gets going because boy, that catcher and that pitcher, nothing disturbs me more than watching that pitcher shake off four signs. Yes. You're like, oh, this, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just feel it's not going to be good. Uh, so I think it takes a while to develop that um, to where you're saying that that call comes in and you're saying, boom, just what I was thinking, just the play I wanted.
2: I love the connection between Dak and C.D. Lamb. How have you seen that turn into a real dynamic duo?
3: Boy, they've been, you know, exceptionally good over these last couple games, that's for sure. And Philadelphia's so if, if Philadelphia has a weakness today, it's the secondary, and uh, obviously they traded for Kevin Byard. There was a reason for that. They wanted to show up their safeties, which had, had been problematic for them. But yeah, C.D. Lamb's been really, really good. And, and, and he and Dak are, uh, whatever you want to call it, finding in a rhythm or teams come out, they, they know where C.D. Lamb is, right? It's not like, oh, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> but, and they still can't stop him. And that, to me, that's some, the most difficult thing when all of a sudden you're getting all the attention from the defense, and they know they need to stop you, and they still haven't done it. It's been really good between those two, no question. He, the last two games, he's had 10 catches and 150 yards or whatever, or more. He had 11 this past week in terms of catches, but he'll be the first. This is shocking to me. I would have thought, oh, Jerry Rice probably did it like 10 straight games. <laughs> he'll be the first receiver, if he gets 10 catches and 150 yards, to do it in three consecutive games. Whoa. And, uh- and all the Yeah, and all the football they played, I would have thought somebody had to have done that, but The stats don't
2: lie. Yeah, and he's only 24 years old, do you forget? Because it feels like he's been around for a long time. We're excited to have Babe Loffenberg back on the show, former Cowboys quarterback himself, part of the dynamic duo with Brad Sham for the Cowboys Radio Network. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The defense for the Cowboys, it's brash, it's bold, it's aggressive. Uh, The consistency they have with Dan Quinn sticking around and some of their stars. What impresses you the most about the defense?
3: Well, they haven't been as good over the last, Four games or so they started out completely on fire um but it, it's an interesting defense from the standpoint of they, they really have only one play only one linebacker now marquis spell plays linebacker but he was a safety <laughs> and they moved him up so it's a very fast defense and i, I do think and not real big and i do think if you look at the numbers they are I, I have them and I apologize because I may be off a game or two here but they are 16 and one now since the start of last season on turf but they're two and seven on grass now Weird. we can put a lot of things into that but I, I think it's a team that, that plays better on turf we all remember of course the greatest show on turf right? St. Louis Rams, and that team played better on turf. They, and and I, I just think this defense, again, predicated on speed, turf is obviously faster. They're a different team on turf than they are uh, when they get on the road and play on grass.
2: Are you ever surprised by the way Cowboys Nation travels? Because, yes, you point out the home field advantage, but, gosh, when they go on the road, the legions are arriving with them.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a national team, uh, kind of the way Green Bay is, the way Notre Dame is, if you're in the college football world. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh travels great. Um, Green Bay travels. But uh, no no question, shoot, the Cowboys played the Chargers this year. There were more Cowboy fans out there than Charger fans. It felt like a home game. It, it's, it's pretty rare when the home team <laughs> has to use the silent count because the fans are making so much noise, but there are that there are more Cowboy fans out there than Charger fans, and, that, and that'll happen. Arizona was it wasn't it wasn't half and half, but probably sixty forty. Arizona fans were the sixty, and Cowboys forty. So they do travel well, and that makes a difference.
2: What's their Achilles' heel, babe? What's their weakness?
3: Mm, well, the running game right now. Uh, they have not run the ball well all season long. You can't even really point to. Uh, a, a game. I guess Arizona Pollard had over 100. It's the only game I think he's been over 60. um So they have not run the ball well. Didn't run it well against Philly, although Philly has a, as we know, very very good run defense. But that I think until they shore up that running game, and I don't know if that will happen, that it's going to hurt them. Um, and, and Bill Parcells, again, I'll quote him because he had so many <laughs> great quotes. But he would always say, "Just because you can identify the problem doesn't mean you can solve it." Oh. So it's like, "Okay, hey, they're not they're not running the ball." It's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, we know they're not running the ball well. How are we going to solve it?" And so we'll we'll see what happens. But they, to me, no no doubt they have to be able to run the ball a little better than they have.
2: Is that offensive line? Is it Tony Pollard? Is it something else?
3: Well, Pollard is coming off a pretty horrific leg injury from last year in that playoff game at San Francisco. I don't. I can't imagine. That he, he's back to 100%. He doesn't look quite the same. Uh, the offensive line, Terrence Steele, the right tackle, he's coming off an ACL from last year. Tyron Smith, getting older. Although, he, let me just say this he played great against Philly. Mm-hmm. He's got about as good a game. But, uh, you know, Zach Martin, great, great player, Hall of Fame player. You know, he's 32, 33 years old. He's had 10 years of NFL wear and tear. Still really, really good, but you just, no player is going to be the same at uh, 32 that they were at 25, right, after getting beat up for, again, 10 or 11 NFL seasons. But he's still been good, don't get me wrong.
2: Okay, so I want to drop a, a stat on you or a, a piece of information. We call them nerd alerts on my show. When Tommy DeVito starts, he will be the 10th rookie quarterback to start this season. The 10th. Yes. It's the most ever in any season, and we're barely halfway through. What's your reaction to the number of rookie QBs we've seen so far through just one
3: half of the season, babe? Well, uh, probably two-part injuries, but also uh there was a time when you didn't even think about playing your rookie. You know, Bryce Young wouldn't have played. Uh, Will Levis wouldn't have played. Uh, C.J. Stroud wouldn't have played. Aaron Rodgers waited four years right. to get his starting, you know, and, and, uh, and that was due to injury at that time. You know, Brett Favre didn't start a game as a rookie. He threw five passes. He was in Atlanta. But so now you, you, they draft him and they throw him out there, ready or not, here we come. So that's part of it and uh but but as to why these backups are I, these rookies I mean are coming in and and playing as backups that's a little puzzling because you always, now you can keep three quarterbacks and typically that number 2 is going to be a veteran guy. Now, in the Giants case, obviously they lost Daniel Jones and they lost Tyrod Taylor, so they they're down to their third quarterback but uh yeah, a lot of, a lot of young guys playing and uh it's not easy Uh, Even preparing last week for the Philadelphia game, Nick Seriani said, look, I know Jalen Hurts is in his third year, and you think he's a veteran, but he said he's still learning, and and they really are. Uh, I love it when a guy has, like, two starts under his belt, and they're like, well, now he's ready. It's like, no, it takes years.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you, from a quarterback standpoint, how long does it take for a young guy to be comfortable with everything that's happening around him?
3: Oh, Again, years. It's not just uh, get through six games or ten games. I mean, I, I guarantee you, Dak Prescott is still improving and, and seeing things uh, that are different uh, that you're putting into the menorola decks, if you will. And he's eight years in the league. But uh, I loved Sirianni's comment that, "Hey, I know you guys think, and, and hell, Jalen Hurts was runner-up last year." For the NFL MVP. So he had it. It's it's not like, oh, he's learning and making taking his lumps along the way. He played great. But I, I guarantee you, J- Jalen Hurst will be the first to tell you, hey, I'm, I'm learning every day I come into the office. And the old saying is true knowledge comes after you know after you think you know everything. And uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's true at the quarterback position.
2: How do you explain C.J.
3: Stroud? <laughs> yeah, he's been phenomenal. I will say I really like C.J. Stroud best coming out. Of this year's class now having no idea he'd play the way he has and uh you know the bad thing for those guys too the the bryce youngs and the cj strouds and even richardson you, you know you're getting drafted by bad teams there's a reason why they took you up at the top of the draft because they earned it they, they were they're not good football teams so to be able to go into those environments and succeed like cj stroud has is pretty remarkable um yeah, and last week, you know, 470 and five touchdowns. He, he certainly looks like he's playing like a veteran. Yeah. We'll see, Cowboys will see Bryce Young in two weeks. They go to Carolina. So, but and I always t- think it's interesting that the quarterbacks, you know, you come back five years later and you say, or three years later, and you say, gosh, okay, now who would we have taken? And I always think of the Bears, right? Trading up to number three to get Trubisky <laughs> and passing on Mahomes. Um, that's going to just, Got to haunt you, you know, every day you wake up. I remember when Kansas City played the Bears, I think it was last year. I thought, oh, if you're a Bears fan, this is just really adding insult to injury here. You know, not only did we have a guy that isn't even on our team anymore, they have a guy that is going to be an NFL MVP candidate virtually every year for the next 10 years. Yes. But yet, when the
2: position is played the way that he does, it's not just revolutionary for your franchise. But gosh, is it fun to watch. It reminds you why you love football in the first place. Uncanny. It's uncanny, his instincts. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, and uh, he started that very last game of the year. Chiefs had already, I think, locked up their playoff seating at that point. Alex Smith was their quarterback, and he played Mm -hmm. very well in that last game. But uh, when Andy Reid was in Philly, you know, they took Donovan McNabb, with the second pick in the draft and, and Doug Peterson started the first 10 games of that season. So I, I do think there's a lot to be said for holding those rookies back, mm-hmm. letting them get, letting them really learn the ways of the NFL. You, you can learn from being on the sideline. I know everybody says, Oh, you are gotta get out there, but as many guys get ruined by going out too early as our success stories, you know, like CJ Stroud has been at least through the first eight or nine weeks here. Sometimes you think you got it figured out
2: (laughs) and uh, you think you got the right guy and then you just don't. And and the Packers situation too is a great example. All right. You can find Babe Loffenberg on Twitter and you can hear him on the Cowboys radio network, Brad Sham. Oh, at Babe Loffenberg is how you can find him. Uh, It's always a treat to be able to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. It's fun to listen
3: to you. Okay. Thank you, Amy. And I listened to you just so you know, Cowboys play a lot of night games, right? They play Monday night, they play Sunday night. (laughs) And I'm on the charter, and when we get back to DFW Airport at about 4 in the morning, I listen to you so I can catch up on what happened that day. It's great.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.